Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Minahan and host of Talk Cosmos, an hour panel every week where we engage fantastic astrologers and we have three ongoing panels and today is one of them. It will be the planet buzz and today's topic relates to a fantastic idea that really we could relate to the entire nodal system. Uh, uh, transit that will continue until January 18th of next year and that is new language for old ideas we're in the taurus archetype that's how we're relating life we're forming new values that's one way we can consider this whole conversation and with that said we'll jump onward to that concept because how we speak it can be an art form it without there's so many potentialities the south node being in sagittarius jupiter the ruler of sagittarius has us form our belief systems our visions Um, it's through higher learning it's through cultural exchange there's many aspects, aspects, not as far as planetary aspects, but considerations that it involves. The planets that rule it, Jupiter, is shifting signs, has shifted signs, thank you, on the 13th of May. And Mercury ruling the North Node is experiencing a shift as it will energetically you know three times a year it goes retrograde apparent reminding us of course it's our viewpoint as it orbits the sun it seems to go backwards but it's an experience it it also is what they call out of bounds this happens with various planets not all planets but various planets and it means without restrictions it's an astronomical situation there's a lot of information about it you can google it in fact cosmic collaboration talked about mars out of bounds but it is significant how it also adds to our experience and it can depend on how it it it, of course you know how it relates to our chart and everything else and that's what these conversations are about The point is that we're relating this conversation to the eclipse coming up. Now, the eclipse is a potent full moon or new moon. This is a full moon coming up on May 26th that is like steroids, you could say, a full moon on steroids. There's so many ways to explain it. And that's exactly what we're talking about. It's a new language 
for old ideas and it happens all throughout history and the interpretation is sort of like gets mixed up sometimes yes like does that make sense or doesn't that make sense and who are we listening to maybe the way i talk is not the way you like well hey we have four people here and that's the glory of it and it's also the birth of new things and that has a lot to do with co talk cosmos is not just relating facts but it's an art form conversation Yes, and it's the nodal right. So without going on forever, I am so glad to say it's time for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunshine books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called purpose-centered astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars creator of star cards, I love talking and making people laugh. I'm Tara All, an astrologer, writer, and artist who loves spirituality and metaphysics. I practice and teach evolutionary astrology, and I work with the tarot, crystals, hermeticism, and animal medicine. My approach is creative and experiential, and I created a YouTube video series called We Are the Planets through EA Zoom meetings. I also speak at conferences. Currently, I'm the resident astrologer and lead writer for Sage Goddess, and I serve on the ESAR board as marketing director. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. And here we are, yes, indeed. So let's say that language, if we're getting new language, that's like a rebirth. And I'll enter with this. I started to look through my books, I have a lot of books, and Chop Wood Carry Water. I had never read it, I must say, but it was gleaning through it like a reference. And up popped pretty soon about 1976, a bicentennial for the uh, United States of America declaration. And Tom Wolfe, uh, author perhaps familiar to many that wrote countless books known for Look Homeward Angel, You Can't Go Home Again, The Electric Cool, Aid, Acid Test, The Painted Word, and Leslie, what was that other book? The Bonfires of the Vanities. 
there you go. Tons of them. So people are aware and connected said what was happening then was the great awakening. Well, what was that? And it's been called now the conscious movement. It's been called the new age. It's been called the Aquarians conspiracy, which at this time in life is like got a lot of cousins, conspiracy about all kinds of things. But this new spirituality is not as we know really new. It's recoined. Like for instance, uh, well even uh, Huxley called it the perennial philosophy inherent in every traditional sacred mysticism. If you go to Ram Das, Be Here Now, he said every label, you know, it goes. And even the term enlightenment, if you say you are, are you? <laughs> you know, it, it is a constant rethreading of ideas, consciousness, and expanding from the collective consciousness to expanding the co collective unconsciousness. And okay, so I'm thinking, I think I will. Oh, the last thing I want to add is synchronicity. I realize, my gosh, doesn't that tell it all? C. G. Jung coined that term to mean that coincidences weren't just maybe happenings, but celestial, he didn't say celestial, but truly, um, um, let me find my notes here, Sue, uh, a relationship that was not unrelated, but yet something with time and space that meant something of cosmic proportion. So it changed our ideas. It opened it up because, you know, I will say this, we, I keep things, I keep little notes, quotes and things to remind myself to get out of an old thought and I forget them. And then suddenly you hear them and it opens up the door again, or you hear some, what they say, a guru that opens up an eye and then you toss that one out. So let's hear it from the others <laughs> with my monologue here. Yes. Of new thought. Laura, Dr. Chad. So, well, yes. so a couple of things that came to mind while you were speaking um, and thinking about seven, uh, 1976 um, and Neptune was in Sagittarius at the time and Jupiter, which rules Sagittarius, just got in to Pisces. So we have this flipped archetype that happens to be going on at the moment with bringing up, threading back to 45 years ago that we do have the same archetypes in play at the moment. Um, so that was just an interesting synchronistic um, alignment that happened um, with what you were talking about, Sue. And um, also that in Jung's book, Synchronicity, he talks very directly about astrology. He has a study on astrology in his book, Synchronicity. Um, so he, and he used quite a bit of astrology in the latter part of his life and career. Um, but I think that as this part, so part of this new language, um, and new ways of communicating, um, I was doing a little bit of research because my ninth house Virgo moon always finds that yummy and juicy material. Um, and this current astrological alignment that we have, the signature of the no South node in Sag and North node in Gemini with 
Jupiter having just ingressed into Pisces, as much as both of those signatures independently happen fairly regularly, right? It's an 18 and a half year cycle for the nodes, a 12 year cycle for Jupiter. They haven't lined up like this um, for 130 years. Um, in 1891 was the last time the South Node was in Sagittarius and Jupiter ingressed into Pisces. Um, and doing a little bit of research discovered that that was when England, London, connected to continental Europe with the telephone. So we get this communication, this new way of communicating that's showing up for the very first time, um, the last time this signature showed up. Um, and it was also the opening of Carnegie Hall, um, which was also sort of a new way of communicating old things because it was classical music and music that was contemporary at the time, but also older, um, being presented in a new format in a new environment. Um, so I thought that that was an interesting expression of this signature and what we might be sort of thinking about in this next year when we have this combination of the nodes where they are in Jupiter um, for the next, well, it goes, well, it'll ingress back into Aquarius, but the next year or, or so, um, lining up of what type of the, the communication, not just being words themselves, but how we go about communicating the type, the methodology in which we express ourselves also going through transformation. That is so significant. And it brings it right back home when I was beginning off that it can be an art form and music. I want to just add this so um, important with Pisces. Absolutely. Leslie, I see you. Sort of nodding, you mean? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> I find it really interesting because, of course, uh, Jupiter is, is forming, uh, while it's in Pisces, a, a wide square to that nodal axis. And, and for me, that's an indication, you know, of true expansion, like getting outside of the ways that you've looked at things before, even though Jupiter is the ruler of the South Node, it's in the sign of Pisces. And for me, the world, the world of Pisces is what I call the world of all possibilities. Mm -hmm. So here we are, and, and we're going to immerse ourselves, and, and, and I hope not drown ourselves, but anyways, immerse ourselves in imagination in imagery in and and allow our our senses to float free so that when jupiter retrogrades back into aquarius we can get a sense of direction from it so you know any attempt at this point in time to be super hyper logical about what this means it is going to be a bit of a challenge so again we're back to synchronicity so i would say to people pay attention to whatever imagery strikes you, whatever, you know, animals cross your path, whatever you <clears throat> you feel in your solar plexus, because that will be a key to you beginning to language your life in different ways. You know what, this is so profound. I, I love this panel and I love all this conversation. I have a lot of ninth house and we'll talk about our personal things at the half hour. But Laura, I'm thinking and with um, connecting with both of you are saying that the telephone just going across is a lot like ESP now. 
and in a sense using so many other forms, you know, realizing that we are with Pisces, we are part of our native inheritance is a connection to our spirit. We are a spirit. So with that said, you know, it's um, and how life has tried to talk about that since the beginning of time and affirmations. I think affirmations also, that was a thought that I was thinking, uh, it tries to take an old feeling, if this relates in this whole idea, you know, something that was negative and twisting it around and make it work for you, you know. It's, um, anyway, such as grateful, you know, it, it's a gift with an opportunity. But, uh, so maybe one thing, unless somebody wants to pop in, I'm thinking that this full moon, the lunar eclipse that we're talking about is May 26th, but we're in the eclipse season. It ha- the energies are strong, as we had declared. And, and it will be in early Sagittarius. It's five degrees and 26 minutes. So it really, it is this portal, I would suggest, that connects the heart and the mind. If you look at it with uh, um, Venus and, and Mercury so closely attached as far as uh, degrees, it's conjunct. And it, it is trying to rewild. I think the word rewild, that's a new word I've been hearing. You know, we're so, um, can be disassociated from nature, right? I mean, you can live in an, a, an apartment building totally devoid of any plants. So, uh, Rewilding is is something important to build that relationship to our identity. Well, if we could add that that full moon total lunar eclipse is going to be conjunct the south node square Jupiter, as Leslie pointed out. So the square, this to me, Jupiter squaring the nodes right now is significant. And then the eclipse, of course, is just going to link that in more. But when I think about rewilding, and I agree that term has come up in, in actually my world at Sage Goddess too, we have a whole set on rewilding, like it's definitely being used right now. But um, rewilding to me, when it comes to Jupiter, of course, it's also connecting with nature outside, but Jupiter's always about getting back to the nature of what we are, like just the natural essence of what we are. And especially in Pisces, there's even more of a return to just what what we are without everything else we've layered on top of it. I was thinking too about what Jupiter square the nodes, Jupiter corresponds to the third eye chakra. So that can be another really helpful thing right now in general, working with that energy center, opening that energy center. That's a big key uh, to not just the North node, but both the South node and the North node. When we have a planet uh, square the nodes, it's a signifier that neither the past way nor the quote unquote future way have actually fully fleshed out. So what we're actually needing to do is integrate and Jupiter is a big part of that integration. So I feel like, yeah, the third eye and the third eye, you guys in general, um, in the chakra system, it's considered uh, like the big commander. Like they will say that even that if you, if your third eye chakra is open and balanced, you don't even have to worry about any of the chakras below that because it's like uh, it's linked in with the, um, 
the uh, pituitary gland in the sense of how it commands like the whole body. And so there's something to be said about getting in tune with that part of ourselves, not because I think we shouldn't work with all the other parts. That's not why we're here, but because there is an overall level of vision or command or alignment or re-self-regulation that I think can happen that restores us to a natural state of flow. Yeah, I am thrilled that you brought up that fact because rewilding, I had not mentioned, but yes, that's the excitement is, is that it reconnects us to the to our yeah wildness inside and the truth our authenticity yes that is absolutely right and uh just to mention too about the third chakra which many people are familiar with the chakras but there's a way of looking at them too and i appreciate that part about the commander because a lot can happen you have a great heart but it's that will wouldn't you say it's partly well, I'm will. saying it's not the third chakra. Jupiter's linked with the third eye chakra. Oh, 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 the sixth, the sixth chakra. I Correct. see. Yes. Third okay. Eye. Ajna. The you. Ajna. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Our inner vision. Yes. Of, 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 of. Yes. Thank you. But okay. it's also, but it's our ability to see life as it is. Right. That's, that's a big part of what that third eye, what the Ajna energy center is, is being able to expand to see life as it is in its full essence which is a very jupiterian thing and really that's what this new language for old ideas it mm -hmm. reconnects because we're trying to get back to the core you know we um there's so many ways like i, I was thinking that i was reading also about the a 12th century japanese zen monk named dogen who wrote instructions to the zen cook and and basically, it's how to cook or do any work. He says, keep your eyes open. Not even one grain of rice get, gets lost. Wash it thoroughly. Put it, on the, put it in the pot. Light the fire. Cook it. There's an old saying, he says, see the pot as your own head, the water as your lifeblood. And the point is, is that it was vital to clarify because words clarify that's where we have the gemini it labels that's one of the main features which i tend to forget but identifies where we're at our environment immediate environment and you have it harmonize with our life and our work so i mean that's a you know whether we actually get there or not but what you're saying too is i think we're all saying that's another factor of, but so many uh, uh, philosophies have tried to recoin. So again, it's not doesn't have to be in the word. It could be like we were talking about art or dance or music. Um, well, the same way that that Dr. Tad was just saying that we're having this unique lineup of energies again. What? What did you say? 1891 is the last yeah. time we had the South and the North node. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, so, and Jupiter square the nodes. So we know that history always repeats itself, but we get a chance to look at it in a new way. And I'm just saying that Jupiter in the third eye helps us do that. Like, cause I mean, Grant, we could go back and read Marcus Aurelius stuff and it's applicable today. I mean, we don't change that much as human beings, really. Like that's yeah. when it comes to those spiritual things, we don't. So it's like, how many chances did we get? Another chance, another chance. So for, you know, Dr. Tad putting that out, that's very interesting to me because I think, whoa, okay, that's back up now, back up mm -hmm. now. But but we have 
we're in a different position to look at it, right? We have different techniques and different knowledge and different understanding, but but to me, it's not lost on me that the past is present, like literally <laughs> with that <laughs> signature. So. Yeah, I, I just want to throw this in. Uh, apparently, um, <clears throat> Microsoft, I think it's Microsoft, just announced that they've created the smallest yet most powerful microchip ever. And, mm. you know, it, some of this stuff that I, I mean, I'm not making any comments about that, just interested in the timing of it. Yeah. It comes All as we're right. talking about this, right? More information, you know, um, and, you know, as Laura was talking, it, it's interesting to think about. So if that's what happened in 1891, what are we going to be looking forward to going forward? <clears throat> um, I'm going to toss it. Maybe we're going to discover that we can telepathically communicate with people and that we actually yes, don't right? need physical devices. Yeah. I think so. I, because, um, yes. And if I might add about that, what we're talking, it's all thrown in here together, but about the idea of um, taking old ideas and, and or, or old language and new, uh, the language and the ideas. The point <laughs> is, that, you know, it's partly like, why, why do we care? Well, it's the experience. Language has gotten, I think, so concerned with material of how to, which to communicate, how do you, like I just bought a TV council, all the instructions, do this, do that, you know, look at the pictures, follow the rules, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> They're necessary. But joy, by connecting with the wildness outside, by it bringing in the inside our inherent purpose to have joy and um yes that's what i wanted to add well i i think the other thing that we need to i think that it allows us the, this this alignment that's coming up allows us to have a look at what we believe in perhaps why we believe it and how we language what we believe yeah and also speaks to the whole business of uh the cancel culture and political correctness so in other words you can use all the language that that you want, but as Tara was talking about, where's the truth of, is it, is it that you, what you say is actually what you mean and what right. you, truly resonates for you? Cause I think part of what comes with communication and languaging is listening, right? That's an element of this. And so the ability to hear, to listen that, you know, you can talk, it doesn't mean you're communicating. Exactly. And so that being part of this of how do we communicate, not just give labeling things, right? That has been problematic historically, right? That the labeling of things are, has led to a lot of the problems in our world. And so how do we communicate in a way that is giving space for truth, right? And that can be part of this Jupiter in in Pisces is the bigger truths, the universal truths that aren't, that get limited by language, right? Language can be really limiting and impact how we perceive the world. Um, in the cultural anthropology class I teach at a college, one of the videos I show students, there's a professor at a, or a TED Talks video they watch and she's talking about how a tribe in Africa um, 
they don't have the word left and right. Everything is directional. Everything is cardinal. And so it's my east, my southeast hand, not my left hand. It's my southeast hand. And then if I change directions, it's now my northwest hand. It's the this same hand, right? Fabulous. So it's a completely different way of conceptualizing your lived experience simply because of language. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Laura, we're going to come back. I, I, this is perfect. This supports also what easily uh, um, uh, was said with da Ram Das saying, the labels, they leave. And Leslie, if you have a quick thing, I don't want to... I just wanted to so say that this is also a time of really uh, paying attention to symbols, to what, you know, symbolically what really matters to you. Because that's often a key to your joy and to your heart. Yes. So we will be back again. And this is Planet Buzz with Leslie Francis and Tara All and Dr. Laura Tad that we call Laura. Okay. We'll be back talking about language. All right. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Taurus. By leaving a cycle based upon initiation, the energy of Taurus integrates spirit into a solid form of matter that is tangible and physical. It's an earth sign, concerned with self-sufficiency and the values to maintain the strength of a life form throughout its survival. Whether we know it or not, each of us are on a quest to discover our true self. And the road we travel to accomplish this goal is unique for each of us. This is Marie O'Neill's hero's journey of walking her path and overcoming hardship and heartache in her book, And the Lotus Opened. As a memoir of enduring an absent mother and a harsh pseudo family and surviving ongoing abuse and trauma, Marie learns to trust in the divine and in her inner self and release herself from the emotional chains that bound her. She discovers her personal power and who she is, and she learns what being free really means. Now available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com in either hardcover, paperback, or ebook, you can order Marie O'Neill's book, And the Lotus Opened, and let Marie be your guide as she leads you on your path to authentic freedom using metaphysics, astrology, Buddhism, and healing practices. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Welcome. This is Amanda Pierce, astrologer and paradigm shifter. 
and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Alternative Talk, 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. Hi, we are back again. This is Planet Buzz for Taurus Archetypal Pyramid, and we're talking about new language for old ideas, not a first-time chapter conversation, except it's right now. It's happening. The lunar eclipse is coming along, and the rulers, Jupiter and Mercury, are shifting gears. Jupiter went into Pisces. It has a two-month spread easily. It started May 13th, and it's going to continue until July 28th. Uh, Mercury is going to stay in Gemini, thank you, but its energy is, it is a, at the end of the month, it goes um, right after the eclipse, it will go retrograde, and it's now, it's been, it will also have uh, unlimited activity because it will be out of bounds. There's, it's so close to the sun, it moves pretty fast, and it shifting gears, and it's about communication, So, and it's about belief systems. And we had a, 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 an illustrious talk. Um, uh, Leslie finished. Well, Laura, Le- everybody finished with the last <laughs> thought. Thank you about um, symbols, and the, and Laura brought up the idea that language can be so interpreted differently depending where you live, and that is a great conversation that we're going to continue. But before that. Each one of my illustrious members on this fantastic panel have announcements they need to make. We're going to start with Leslie. Oh, oh, I get to go first. Okay. Yes. So I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, uh, we'll be holding, uh, I'm the co-chair of the Canadian Astrology Conference, and we'll be holding it September 24th to 26th online uh, and featuring our uh Focus on the theme of integrating ancient and modern astrology. Uh, Demetri George will be our keynote speaker. And uh, the rest of the cast includes uh, 11 uh, Canadian astrologers. And, uh, oh, for heaven's sakes, if I could get my thoughts together, it would be a good thing. You did uh, fabulous. So and I'm just sorry. I just wanted to let everybody know in the U.S. that the, the, fee, uh, the early bird fee for this until August the 15th is $115 Canadian, which is maybe $80 US. Uh, (laughs) So uh, please join us. Uh, And we're even going to have some giggles and laughs on Saturday night. Uh, I'm doing it. And in fact, we need to add this to your bio. I love this. Let's write me a new bio. I've been meaning to ask you because I know you're so involved. I get those messages. And really, there's some fantastic Canadian astrologers. It's our neighbor. Okay. Love it. Yeah. And, and, and everybody needs to know that the Canadian dollar is not worth the same amount of money as the U.S. dollar. It's true. It's like New Zealand. It is significantly yeah. uh, different. So, uh, so we, we welcome astrologers from everywhere, but hey. Yeah. Thank you. So that's September 24th to 26th. Is yes. that right? Oh, okay. and I forgot to say, if you want to register, sorry about that. Uh, please go to uh, astrologyconference.ca and you can register and you can see uh, the bios and, and all the topics and everything of everybody mm-hmm. who's speaking. 
In the meantime, I'm going to have you add it to your bio. So otherwise, find Leslie Francis at Talk Cosmos, and it'll be in there. So okay. that's great. Thank you. <laughs> now, Tara, would you like to share sure. what you have? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, most of you may already know, but the Northwest Astrological Conference that we call NORWAC is happening Memorial Day weekend. So that's the weekend of May 28th. And it's an awesome conference. It's my home conference, me being from Seattle. And uh, I have two lectures there. So if you haven't already checked it out and signed up this year due to COVID, it's online again. So it's easy to attend. And then I also have two books. One, um, I'm a co-author among a bunch of awesome evolutionary astrologers that have come together as international voices of astrology to author a book called Natural Astrology, uh, Signs, Planets, and Houses. That's available on Amazon. And then also Astrology by Moonlight, which is a book that I co-authored with a friend and colleague. And that book is out for pre-order. It's a uh, publisher Llewellyn, so you can find that Amazon or anywhere books are sold. So thanks Fantastic. for tuning And we'll have to add those, the second book to your bio. Tara, so cool. everybody's got a little assignment. And Laura, Dr. Tad. Um, yeah, so I have a couple things coming up. I have a eight-week personal myth course that'll be starting uh, June 21st. Um, and I actually haven't gotten the new dates up on my website yet. It has it from a couple of years ago still. So I'll be finishing that up in the next week. But um, so the personal myth work, you it's an eight-week course um, that is largely self-paced, but there will be, or like within a week, each given week, it's self-paced, except for the fourth week where we'll have a Zoom call and gather remotely um, and exploring the stories that we carry from our lineage, from our ancestry. So through guided meditation and imagery, we'll be exploring the stories that we carry about love, about finance, about health, about power that are related to our astrology, but also things we have inherited from our ancestors. Um, so that starts June 21st. Um, and um, yeah, I'll have the updated dates on my website later next week um, at oh, mythicsky.com. Oh, super. And in that case, too, again, every single one of these astrologers is on the um, guest page, which I need to really clarify more but fourth season and we're in the fourth season in fact they've been in most of the seasons so you can always just email and say hey i heard this lead me forth <laughs> excellent I'm really it's so exciting because you know really isn't information and new concepts that's exactly what each one of you are presenting in just its glorified form i just love it it's um <laughs> I mean, we're not, doing trips down the, yeah, well, we're not doing trips down the Amazon yet, but it's really pretty fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's see. We wanted to go to other factors. And, you know, I was a couple of other books, like, for instance, the I Ching. I opened it up because I was just thinking about words and thoughts and stuff. And I happened to Alliance is what it opened up to. And the word by, I think it's by, and it means side by side, gets close to, assist, enter into alliance with. Well, you know, that's etymology to a certain degree. And 
in a sense, but I'm just saying that how one idea connects so many other things. And one other thought about words until we get into the whole concept of real words, how we can, um, about going back to the left and right that Laura was mentioning about how so interpreted differently that it's not just our body, but it's our physicality. Um, was this book, Clouds of Memories. It's by a Hawaiian woman, Mona Kahele. And she brings up, the, and I have not read this book either, except to note that a big part of it was she was mentioning about how the names here on the big island have changed. That Because the people living here, the Hawaiian people, have lived for so long on this island, and the traditions, the oral traditions that get carried... And whether it's in Seattle too, like Mount Rainier there, jumping to that, used to be Tahoma, which was part of the Indian uh, Native American uh, language. And of course, we've labeled it, those are Native American, but they were the people living there at that time. And they call it Tahoma until this guy Rainier came along, like Columbus. Oh, hey, this is going to be Mount Rainier. Well, they changed it back to Tahoma. And you might say, well, what does it matter? But somehow... The conception of of acknowledgement and language, you know, so much, and part of it too. She says they they say, well, they've taken this from me and that from me. I can't learn my language in school. What are they going to take next? My life. It's amazing how we consider our language so close to our life. It's how we express ourselves. And yes, there are people like Helen Keller, famously, who managed to connect because she did have her avatar you could say that this woman that helped stay with her and teach her through water you know how to which is closely aligned you might say with emotion but language I think if we can start talking about and maybe we should begin and I'll leave this open to us that each one of us can connect where it is in our chart or else unless somebody has a thought about again how to expand our interpretation are we talking language. about the where the full moon falls in our chart yes maybe or we what? should talk yeah that's or what, what are thinking. we yeah yeah thank you <laughs> sort of, it's in the third and ninth for me so collecting my thoughts and making a a a, 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 a belief system is a little bit uh, yeah challenging for my discernment of that um Okay. Yeah, I guess I came across with two ideas. One was about picking up about this idea that um, words, how it, what time do we have? Yeah, it changes um, so much. Like, for instance, I will, well, I'll finish one thought with that, and then unless somebody has something in mind, we'll go personalize it. For instance, there was, besides that illustration, in the Spanish language, I understand it, that if I were in English to say, I am hungry, in Spanish it says, I have hunger, rather than use that in a possessive, like my whole body is, I am this thing, rather, no, I am who I am, but I have this, I have hunger right now. So I think just that identity of consciousness changes a lot. Okay, I will begin with my own third, ninth house, how this, let somebody else talk. 
Where is it in your house? <laughs> Laura or Tara or Leslie, who would like to say where the eclipse is in your house? It's getting activated. Maybe let's Laura. Not all talk at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Laura. Maybe let's, let's start with you. Apparently, uh, apparently, we really don't want to talk about this. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, for me, it's a shift because, of course, when when the North Node progressed into Gemini, it was sitting in my happy eleventh house, which put the South Node my fifth house, and now with this eclipse, it's sitting uh, in my fourth house conjunct my fifth house cusp. So here to me, it, it means an opportunity to take old experiences and find a new way to create a new, a, a new way to express it. Because of course I am a writer. So, and an author. So that's what first popped into my head, but it's drawn. I could even be drawing on ancestral memory. Um, and of course that's in, in my case, I, I, I liken it to, you know, drawing, it's weird because just spent a while cleaning out my basement, came across an article that my great-grandmother wrote and about what it was like to live in the middle of the bald-headed prairie with no idea what you were doing, essentially. So I feel that there is an opportunity here for me to draw on the creativity expressed by my family and move that along to be um, to take it one step further. I, I don't know if that makes any sense Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. I just think that connects 100%. I was just talking about the Hawaiian people with their ancestries and, and language and how it was passed on about language. And here you are coming up with a total uh, connection and basement. You think of fourth house, it's like our house and it's our personal stuff. It's so relevant. Oh, thank you. Well, God. I've just been doing a lot of fourth house stuff for the last 18 months. And it's like, okay, could we move along? <laughs> move it along? Pluto sitting there for me. I know. It's like, hello. Okay. We're friends, I think. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yes. I, I, I yield the floor to the next. <laughs> All right. Going once, going twice. <laughs> uh, I can go. Um, the south node and the moon uh will be in my ninth house on my natal neptune and then the sun and the north node in my third house so sue and i are doing the third ninth house dance i guess we call it <laughs> and for me no matter which direction meaning like no matter which ninth or third when they show up together it's about whole mindedness for me and, and so a big part of this for me is, you know, keeping a balance somehow between the big picture and the little parts. Sometimes with myself, and I'm speaking to myself personally here, <laughs> I have a south node in Gemini. I can get hung up on the pieces. I can get hung up on the parts. I can get stuck in the mechanics. And so for me, uh, of course, in general, it is about, you know, letting go of beliefs to be open to more but more specifically to me it's like a mental integration and I don't know a better way to say this except for that it really is like finding a different way to work with my own mind and I don't just mean the brain in my head that includes the mind that I call the non-local mind which is not attached to my human body so 
my mental faculties, intelligence as a whole, what's available to me. And because uh, my Neptune is involved, you know, I'm just prepared that things need to melt away. Um, and then that, and so, and so that, and I don't mean that as, I just mean like, I just, there, there are certain things that have just been illusions that I've needed to this point in my life. They've served me well, but some of those illusions, uh, I, I don't, I no longer need them. And so some of this is being, you know, being open to letting that go, even if I don't know what replaces them. That's part of the exciting part, I guess. This, really I, I just wanted to throw something in there before. So many moons ago when I, in my previous career incarnation when I was a journalist, I interviewed um, a man who really believes that the brain is a hologram, mm -hmm. which speaks to what Tara was talking about, that only 15% of your brain is actually devoted to cognitive thought. And the I other 85% is devoted to sensing, feeling, and emotion. Mm -hmm. And I really think that, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that's what this eclipse is really about is, as Tara was talking about, getting in touch with your, with yeah how your yeah. whole consciousness yeah. whatever this thing is we call mind <laughs> yeah exactly and that i i hear this really well laura what was going to be yours and then we're so the way that it happens to line up for me is that the nodes and the luminaries are straddling my ascendant descendant right so the nodes are in my first and seventh and the moon will be in my 12th and the sun's in the sixth it's like a couple degrees both ways. Wow. Because <laughs> um, I've got an eighth house ascendant, right? So it's it's right in, it's like the midpoint between the two for me. Um, and part of how I see that is there are things from my past showing back up. Um, I'm looking at possibly teaching at some of my alma maters. So it's like, oh, going back to places I've learned before, but now I'm the educator. So there is this new manifestation of it um, and finding new language for what I've studied, but in degrees that aren't necessarily a perfect fit, but there's still a way of making the language work. Um, so I think that's part of how that's manifesting. And there is this piece, cause it's also pulls in my Neptune just cause we're born close together, Tara. And um, so this intuitive piece or, and the Jupiter's in my third house. So like the, intuitive communication, trusting what I, I know, regardless of the rational way that I get there. Yeah. This is so great for myself. It's also third and ninth, like Tara. And I have my son in the ninth, but in this natally, but in this case, um, uh, the moon is conjunct my Chiron exactly five degrees uh, Sagittarius. Thank you. And in fact, um, so I am uh, redefining the whys of who I am, what cosmos is. I'm going deeper, much, much deeper. You know, I can always, I can, the, the whys that I had were like mainstream now. I mean, it's like, yeah, we all want to connect our whole self. In fact, I'm redefining in a sense what I found out about 
postmodernism. I went, oh, I like it. It's saying that we're plural and that this hologram that I agree with, we don't need to like be the whole kit and caboodle. We don't need to be the soup or the pot or the potluck. We can say, I see all this smorgasbord out there and I can I can identify and I and I know what's there and 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 be aware of it, of this consciousness. So it's like a new I guess I'm looking at and how to express that in a short way. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate, it's, uh, and a lot of it goes, I think part of it is like being authentic because if we have Chiron involved, it's like realizing, okay, you can tell your story a million times about why this or that isn't working, but let's shift gears and just find out how that might work for other people as a, mm. as a tool. So that opens up the door, and I'm hoping, like, everything that it won't be too chasmic. I mean, mm. I've got other, um, yes. <laughs> well, the, the, the full moon is trying, transiting Chiron, so there's definitely mm-hmm. a a healing medicine, you know, I, I don't know, like, as you were talking, so I was like, Ooh, maybe you're going to like dig up the prescription you need. Like, that's what it made it sound like, you know, like with the Chiron conjunct that South stuff, it's like, really, you know, there's, there's availability to tap into that intelligence of what we need naturally. So uh, that's how I feel that there's opportunity, big opportunity there. If we're not too attached to what it's supposed to sound like, right. That yes. I mean, this goes back to what Laura said. If we think the word, if we think words have to mean a certain thing, and if we think certain words have to be said, we will forever limit our ability to connect with ourselves and anything else. Contrumbance. Well, yes. I, I think that you know the only way you can create new language for old ideas is is to get out of your head in the yeah. first place, right? <laughs> to, that's Jupiter yeah. and Pisces square. Then the full moon and the nodal axis is like okay, you know just let it go just let it go yeah let it go and let and let something else pick up right do you know what i mean this is like the other parts of our intelligence too what could be a word that would say that can we think of one right now i know laura was saying that somehow we can think of new words and i often do i kind of wonder invent them right yeah let's invent 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 a word right now I think that was more like a Pluto retrograde thing. And I don't think that any of us, I, I don't want, I have different ideas. Maybe we'll think of it before our next show. Well, I know that we have Moonbeam next, next show. But, you know, I was saying that like rectify or, or, um, retrieve, you know, is all other words. Yeah. Maybe I'm going, oh my goodness. <laughs> the Mercury retrograde is happening, folks. It was a little ahead of time. But <laughs> even if we don't know the word, I mean, this is like good for all of us to so make up your own word. We, that's, we can yeah. all do this. Make up a word. And yeah. I think, and, and then see what happens. Yeah. And, or, and get back to the roots at the same time. Maybe that's a better word. Rootify. We can rectify. Rectify, relax. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you, nor- if, you nor- if you normally always say okay. the word, you we're, know. We're being encouraged to stop talking. Okay. <laughs> Just symbols. See ya. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.